Hello and welcome to Call Bing Sports. Um, thanks for joining us for our weekly episode. This um, Dale can't do it this weekend, and this is going to be the first time in a while that I have done a solo episode, um, not for a post game recap. So please um, stay with me here. We're gonna be a hopefully not a learning experience, but we're gonna see how well I can do. So the Utah Jazz last night were able to um, have a pretty good game, um, in my opinion, against the Toronto Raptors. Once you read the injury report. Uh, and I, I was not expecting this last night. Now, once I saw that Rudy Gobert had entered COVID protocol and I was not sure when Hassan Whiteside was coming back, I was really concerned for Utah as a whole. Since Utah really only has the two guys who can play solid center minutes um, for, the, for you know the whole game. So, yeah, we have Doak and we've got to see a lot more of Doak this week. But I'm not super confident in that. Now, if Mike Conley's out for a game or Donovan Mitchell is out for a game, I'm a lot more confident in somebody else like Joe or Bojan to either pick up some of the ball handling or pick up some of the scoring load. So I am concerned um, for Rudy Gobert. I'm not only concerned to see how long he's out, I'm also concerned to see how long it takes him to come back. Is he going to have some residual effects? that cause issues and make it so he's not um, able to play at peak performance right when he gets back. Um, I definitely think that's a valid concern to have, especially how I believe he had um, the first game he sat out when it was listed as a non-COVID illness. I think he had a fever of 102. So this definitely isn't, you know, Rudy Gobert just having an asymptomatic case of COVID and because of that not being able to play. Like he's been sick and hopefully he's going to be fine. Um, and obviously I hope that for a lot more than basketball reasons, like if he's healthy and I guess could never play a game again, that, that would be better, you know? Um, but I, I think that that's, <laughs> that, that's a bit too doom and gloom. I, I went a bit too far there, but last night, the injury report, I'm sure most of you have seen it. Um, you had Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert, both in health and safety protocol, um, Malik fits out with a wrist injury. Um, Royce O'Neal was questionable and, oh, I apologize. I'm, um, reading today's. Um, let me quickly read yesterday's. So you had Rudy Gay, who was also out for um, right heel injury recovery. Um, Jordan Clarkson out for lower back tightness. Um, Royce O'Neal out for right um, patellar tendonitis. I'm sure I butchered that. Um, and then Mike Conley out just for rest. Um, Bojan out for a left middle finger sprain. And Donovan Mitchell out for his left low back strain. So if I had to say what the Jazz did last night, I do think these players were beat up, and I do think that they deserved a break. I, I do definitely think the Jazz um, basically forfeited the game. Now, that's not what you would have thought at, when you looked at the score after the first quarter with the Jazz up 15, and after the second quarter with the Jazz up 12 or 13 going into the break. Now, eventually, they um, just ran out of energy. Um, you have Fred Van Vliet on the Raptors who had an absolutely amazing game. He ended up with 37 points. I think 23 or 24 of those came in the third quarter when they mounted the run. Um, and you had, um, a you had eight players on the Raptors see significant minutes compared to also eight on the jazz, but you have Pascal who probably, um, isn't as in, isn't um his conditioning probably isn't super great i mean he's been home um with his child and um with that and so probably not the best for him 
Um, you have Hughes, who, again, probably wasn't expecting to play 41 minutes. Um, but overall, like, I was really happy to see these young guys come out, um, these players who don't get to see a lot of minutes. I think the only rotation player for the Jad last night um, who played was Whiteside. Um, four sees a tiny bit of the rotation, but not enough for me to really count that. So yeah, this was a game where the Jazz went out um, and they did the best they could. You had Butler and Pele, who, well, really only Butler, who played 32 minutes and was in the positive. Everyone else was in the negative, but it was nice to see the young guys, nice to see them get some minutes and to see how much heart they have. I'm probably running in circles at this point, but it was a fun game. Um, disappointed that the Jazz lost, but I don't think any Jazz fan really expected them to win. Now, they um, gave them some glivers of hope, you know, at some points in the game. But the biggest thing um, that really caused the, that loss last night ended up being total turnovers at 21 um, for the Jazz to nine for the Raptors. And that resulted in the Jazz getting up 81 shots last night to the Raptors 100. So when you look at it from that perspective and the fact that the Raptors got seven more free throws than the Jazz, it would have been really um you just have guys who aren't ball handlers who are out there trying to handle the ball ball in the NBA against a team who, yeah, has fallen from grace since they've won the championship, but still has really good players in the Toronto Raptors. Um, they're a talented team. They're fun to watch. And frankly, especially when this is partway through a road trip, I mean, it's not a bad loss for the Jazz. And I don't really think anyone's looking at it that way. What it is concerning, uh, what concerns me about this game is what's going to happen with Utah um, in regards to COVID. We know that the state as a whole um, keeps seeing, I believe, record highs every day. We know that um, the Omnicron variant is here in the state and it is causing a lot of people to um, get sick and test positive. And frankly, I expect to see more jazz players um, end up missing games for COVID. So these next two to three weeks are going to be rough. Um, it's a... Uh, it will be interesting to see how the Jazz end up handling this, handling it. So let me, I'm going to pull up their schedule really quick and we can just kind of talk about what they have and what they're looking at um, and how I personally think they're going to fare during this next stretch that during this next really challenging stretch. Sorry, it looks like it's going to take a minute for my computer to load. I should have had this pulled up um, sooner. But I do know that the Jazz are um, playing the Pacers tonight. Obviously, I think that's a game that they want to win. Um, the last game was all of the drama with the multiple ejections, ejections and the Jazz just playing a bad game overall. And I do think that they'll probably be able to win um, that game. Indiana has just been having an absolutely terrible year um, all season. That's followed by Detroit on Monday. I think that'll be a win. Then you start getting into some of the iffy games. You have Cleveland um, followed by Denver, who's probably going to be healthier than they were the last time we saw them. The Lakers, who are terrible this year, but if all of a sudden the Jazz are missing three or four rotation guys with COVID, that's rough. Um, then you have Houston and Detroit again leading into um, Friday, January 21st. And then the real stretch that I'm hoping we have um, healthy Jazz for, not just everyone playing, but everyone in shape and ready to go. It is Sunday, January 23rd at Golden State, Monday, January 24th at Phoenix, Wednesday, January 26th, um, Phoenix is going to be here in Utah, Friday, January 28th at Memphis. 
So those four games um, are going to be really big. They're the other top four teams in the Western Conference, and the Jazz are going to have to um, pick up that win against Golden State, at least split with Phoenix, and pick up that win against Memphis. Um, the Jazz need tie breaks there, and while well, I don't know if the Memphis tie break will be as important if they're dropping a lot of games going into that game, it, it is going to be a big one. So hopefully that is we're get, we're going to have the Jazz at full strength. But I am interested to see what happens in the month of January and possibly things are going to go well. Possibly the jazz are going to get lucky with COVID um, and only have Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert test positive. I, I don't think that will be the case. I'm hopeful it will be the case, but, but I don't think that's is that's what's going to happen. So uh, right now, all we can hope for is that the jazz um, do the best they can. And remember that you're going to have to play really hard teams in the way um, in the playoffs when you look at the top eight teams right now in the, in the West, uh, there are teams that are going to give the jazz a challenge come playoff time. I, I don't think there's going to be one of the, maybe, you know, the seven and eight slots are going to be easy wins, but that's, that's not really, I, I don't think that's going to happen. If we look at, I'll look at the five thirty eight um, end of season projections and they're going to, they have the um, five seed as the Mavericks who, have been really rough, but this season, but you know, I mean, Luka Doncic is good and he can take over a playoff series. He did it last year against the Clippers. You have the Nuggets who I don't think we're going to expect to see Porter Jr. Back for that series. Excuse me. I have something in my throat. Let me grab a drink. Who I don't think we're going to see Porter Jr. In that series. But we're probably going to see Jamal Murray um, play that play. So, again, really good team right there. The T-Wolves, who I'm not super concerned about. Um, obviously, they have some really talented guys, but that's not a concerning team for me. And the Clippers sneak, um, sneaking in at eight at the end of the season, which it's looking like Kawhi Leonard's going to be back. So, again, that's going to be a scary team to have down there at the eight seed. And then you have the Lakers and Trailblazers um, rounding off the play-in tournament at 9 and 10. And again, both of those teams have been atrocious this year, um, but they have talented guys and things could happen. They could make moves at the deadline or, you know, LeBron James could just have an amazing series. And if Davis gets back to how he's looked at points um, throughout the last couple of seasons, that's going to be a challenge. So the Western play, the playoffs in the West are going to be an absolute gauntlet this year. And frankly, with injuries, who knows? Maybe it's best for the Jazz to have the three seed and not the one seed. I I don't know how much home court advantage is really going to matter comparing to if you get the one seed, but you play the Clippers in the first round. That That's going to be rough. <laughs> that would actually be the most depressing thing if the Jazz lost to the Clippers in the first round. If they won, it would be awesome. But if they lost, that would be a very disappointing way to go about it. So... Looking forward at these next, you know, four months um, of the season, I really have no predictions. I am definitely concerned about how the Jazz played against the Warriors. I talked about that in the post game. Um, the Jazz couldn't beat the Suns last year. Now, I again will stand by the fact that they played three times, and that two of those times the Jazz were not at near full strength, and one of those times the game went to overtime. So I think they're closer than people think, but. I mean, confidence is key and the Suns probably think they're better than the Jazz. So that will help them play really well in those games. 
so it, there's a lot to look forward to and needless to say the rest of the regular season is not going to be a walk in the park. Um, last season, it was pretty much, Oh, will the jazz grab the one seed? And they ended up doing it. And it was more the anticipation of if missing Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley for that long stretch would cause them to lose the one seed. Well, this season it's, are the jazz even going to be healthy enough to keep home court advantage? I think they will be, but you know, if all of a sudden Donovan's lower back injury turns out to be something worse um, and he's out for a month, who knows what's going to happen there. If the jazz are missing players due to COVID over the next three, four weeks, again, who knows what's going to happen there. We um, have seen that the jazz need their core rotation and that they really struggle picking up wins against good teams without it. And that those are the important games that I really want to see. I want to see how the jazz fare off um, against playoff teams against not just playoff teams, but teams that are championship contenders like the Warriors, um, like the Suns, like the Bucks, like the Nets. And I, I hope that we get to watch the Jazz play those games at full strength rather than having to watch and see, think, oh, well, maybe they would have won if Whiteside, if Whiteside had been able to play. Oh, if Donovan had been out, hadn't been out, they would have been able to win. And I'd like to get the test now rather than have to wait later. So... Last thing I wanted to get into really quick was um, kind of the playoff predictions and end of season predictions from 538 and from basketball reference. So 538 um, puts the Jazz at getting the two seed behind the Suns, um, losing the tie break, it looks like. But they give the Jazz a 36% chance of making the Western Conference Finals and a 22% chance of winning the title. The only team with a higher chance Sorry, that's a 36% chance of making the finals, not the Western Conference finals. The only team with a higher chance in each of those categories is the Milwaukee Bucks at 44% for the finals and 26% for winning them. So obviously, um, 538 is a pretty good site. They're definitely not always as accurate as I think they could be, but I mean, it's percentage chances, right? Like something else could happen. They're not guaranteeing a Bucks win. So looking at this site, feel really good about the um, Jazz's possibilities. And while I have concerns um, from watching them, it is nice to know that analytics are backing them up here. Now, if you go over to um, Basketball Reference, they give the highest chance to win the, fi- um, to win the finals to Golden State at 25.3%, chance, at 25.3. And the second highest at um, the Utah Jazz with 24.4, um, followed by the Suns at 167 And so here's where I start questioning basketball reference a little bit. When you look at the team with the fourth highest chance to win the finals and the highest chance um, in the Eastern Conference. And that is the Cleveland Cavaliers at 13.6%. Now, I do think that um, basketball reference, from my understanding, is a lot more stats-based in their approach, while 538 is a lot more player-based. And so that's why teams like the Bucks um, on 538 who have Giannis are going to fare a lot better than a team that um, might be better composed um, in the Cleveland Cavaliers, but don't necessarily have the sufficient star power, in my opinion, to um, win a finals. I would love to see the Cavaliers make it to the finals. Don't get me wrong. I think that would be awesome to see them do it with a bunch of ragtag guys. Um, rookie, um, I'm pretty sure guaranteed rookie of the year at this point in Evan Mobley be able to do that. I I think that would be great. But from a 
prediction standpoint from the numbers based sites in basketball reference and 538, um, the Jazz have a really good chance of doing some great things this year. They still definitely need to work some things out. They need to improve their defense and they need to be able to find ways to um, when other teams pull Rudy Gobert out of the paint um, to guard on the perimeter, which he can, he does amazing at um, to stop um, the other players being guarded by other jazz man, jazz men from getting into the paint and just having an easy bucket since I don't necessarily, you know, trust Donovan or Mike or Bo- or Bogey to guard someone from the three-point line all the way to the hoop. And that's why having Gobert um, in the key is so important to what Utah does. And when teams like the Clippers are able to pull him out, he either guards someone on the outside and they beat um, someone else to the, um, to the hoop or Gobert comes in to help at the hoop and they kick it out and if the other player is on fire and is able to make threes, the Jazz have no have a hard chance of winning that game, have a low chance of winning that game. So, thank you guys so much for watching. Um, really appreciate. It. Hope that this <laughs> went well. Uh, talking to a camera by yourself can be challenging at times, but I've really enjoyed it. So, again, we really appreciate you for um, watching us. Please leave a comment. We love to keep the discussion going. Um, leave a like and please follow. We are pushing for 500 and we would love to get to um, 500 here soon. So thanks again and go Jazz. <laughs>